This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. I'm Krish Gupta. I'm Vice President and Deputy General Counsel for EMC. EMC is a $17 billion high-tech company. We're in the business of providing infrastructure solutions for cloud computing, including information management and security. In my role at EMC, I'm responsible for all intellectual property-related matters, including patents, trademarks, copyrights, inbound and outbound licensing of technology, IP litigation, open source, and standards. And I graduated from Suffolk Law School in 1996. A patent troll, the way we define it is an entity that essentially buys patents for the purpose of enforcing them or litigating them against companies that are in the business of manufacturing products or offering technology solutions. And and in the case of technology companies, companies it's really technology products and solutions. Patent trolls typically do not produce anything. They do not sell anything. They don't provide any services. Their only business assets are the patents they buy, and their only source of income is payments they receive from settlements of lawsuits that they originate. There are other traits of patent trolls. They typically file suits against a large number of defendants in plaintiff-friendly jurisdictions that provide liberal discovery, and these jurisdictions are also typically unlikely to grant summary judgments and are generally fast to trial. And also, another hallmark of patent trolls is that immediately after they file suit, they will approach the defendant and offer a settlement, which is a small fraction of what they argue it would cost to defend such an action. So it almost seems like it's an extortion mechanism to get some money from the defendant just to avoid litigation. All patent trolls are non-practicing entities, but there are other non-practicing entities who I wouldn't call patent trolls. An example would be a research entity or an university, for example. The universities often have patents that they own. The universities often have licensing offices that then go out and license technology and patents that might have resulted from the technology that they're attempting to license. Although they don't manufacture product and they may not practice the invention of the patent, and in that capacity they're essentially non-practicing, but they're not patent trolls. Patent litigation has become extremely expensive. Just for example, in the last two years, EMC has been sued for patent infringement nine times. All of these suits were filed by patent trolls, and also we've received several notices seeking indemnity for patent suits that have been brought against our customers. And all of these suits against our customers were also filed by patent trolls. These are typically patents that are extremely broad and are likely to be invalid. But in order to be able to prove these patents to be invalid in a court of law, it's it's a fairly expensive and time-consuming process. So companies like EMC are faced with dozens of lawsuits and demands for indemnity from customers who have been sued by patent trolls. It's a serious distraction in terms of the amount of time and money that it costs to fight each and every one of these actions. And in some ways, that's resource. Those are dollars that are now going after fighting frivolous litigation when those monies could very easily be spent on research and development and investments that 
companies like EMC need to make to continue to innovate and also get good, solid jobs that might otherwise exist. We're of the firm belief that if you buy into this business model that patent trolls have, which is they sue you and then they try to get a quick settlement out of you before they even at times serve you or before much has happened in the litigation with the promise that if you settle early for a small amount of money that you'll get out early, get a good deal, and look, you don't have to spend all this money fighting us. If you buy into that model and you keep settling with people, you encourage more and more patent troll litigation. So we are of the mindset where we do a very early assessment of the claims that are made against us, and we very vigorously fight these suits, and we do not settle. We're not afraid to fight them and afraid to spend money to fight them rather than pay the what we think are extortionists who are essentially trying to extort money after filing suit in an effort to convince you to make them go away with a small payment. Patent trolls are not good for our economy, largely because, as I mentioned, the amount of money that is spent in fighting patent troll litigation and the amount of time that is spent by companies fighting patent trolls is a serious drain on resources. And in this global economy where we have so many competitors and challenges globally, it's a distraction that keeps us from focusing all of our efforts into continuing to innovate and, and create competitive products and services so we're able to compete better globally. It's an enormous drain on our resources, not just money-wise, but the amount of time it takes folks in the company to respond to discovery requests, collect documents and produce documents and make them available for depositions. It's an enormous drain and it's not good for our economy. In fact, there are a couple of papers that have been written, one by the National Research Council of the National Academies. It's called A Patent System for the 21st Century. And another one is a U.S. Federal Trade Commission report. It's titled, To Promote Innovation, the Proper Balance of Competition and Patent Law and Policy. These are wonderful documents to read. The point is made very clearly that these lawsuits have really created a problem where it's not promoting innovation at all. In some ways, there's patent reform that's pending in Congress right now, and there are some changes that have been proposed that we think will improve the system immensely, but there are other things that can be done. In our mind, damages that are being awarded by juries, particularly in certain jurisdictions, are just completely out of hand and often have no bearing to the value of the technology that's allegedly been infringed. And with large jury verdicts like that, it further fosters this this idea or encourages patent trolls to continue to buy more patents and bring actions in the hope that they will get these large awards. And it also makes companies get a little concerned about these large awards and they're more likely to settle and pay money to trolls in an effort to remove the uncertainty of litigation. We think that between either the courts providing more clarity or Congress providing more clarity in terms of how damages are calculated in patent litigation, that would be very helpful. The courts have taken a very active role of late 
in giving more guidance and clarity in terms of how damages are to be computed in patent litigation, and that's a very, very good start, and we need to see more of that. And also, I think generally if courts were to enforce local patent rules, particularly related to discovery in ways that are designed to truly flush out litigation misconduct by trolls or very bare minimum, if any, sort of pre-filing investigation that if the courts are more willing to sanction trolls who are found to have brought frivolous litigation, we think that it would act as a very good balance and check against frivolous litigation and the types of conduct that lawyers representing patent trolls engage in. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.